It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Instant Reaction Podcast, HawkeyeNation.com. Andrew Downs here with you on a glorious Saturday afternoon here in September as your Iowa Hawkeyes open the season with a 34-6 drubbing of the 17th-ranked Indiana Hoosiers. In heaven, there is no beer. So I'm having one right now. I hope you are as well. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, for those of you who were in, inside Kinnick Stadium today or in Iowa City tailgating, I can't tell you how jealous I am, uh, how great that looked, the scene, how great it sounded, the atmosphere, uh, just all over Twitter, obviously watching the game on TV. So much fun to see everybody back inside Kinnick Stadium. You know, the traditions, the wave, the swarm, the burrito lift, the IOWA after touchdowns, uh, just fantastic. Uh, So much fun. What a great day. And this team looks good. (laughs) They were ready. Uh, No slow start for the Hawkeyes this year. Came out right away. Tyler Goodson with the 56-yard run, touchdown, uh, and didn't have to do much, right? Just kind of went out, turned the corner, the blocking was there, and then he outran everybody else. Um, Goodson had a good, not great day after that, and we'll get to stats and all that stuff here in a little bit, but for that to then be backed up right away by Riley Moss's first pick six of the first half, all of a sudden you're up 14-0, and it was off to the races. Michael Penix never really settled down after that. After missing a couple of games at the end of the year last year, tearing his ACL, a big question mark was, what was he going to look like today? He did not look good. Uh, and part of that is he got rattled right away. Part of that is Iowa has an elite defense. I mean, the, what what that defense did today, not just in the first half, but throughout the game, that back seven is as good as, as anybody in the country, I believe. And the front four, impressed. Um, nobody individually jumped right out of you. There weren't a bunch of sacks. There wasn't an A.J. Epinesa. Even a you know Van Valkenburg, you know game like he had a couple last year. But as a unit, they got pressure. They held their own. That was a big question mark coming into the day. A bunch of guys played on that defensive line, and for the most part, as a unit, they did very well. And if they can hold that, if they can put some pressure on quarterbacks, if they can help bottle up the run like they did today, this defense is elite and will carry Iowa to a lot of wins. 23 games in a row that Iowa has held its opponent to 25 or fewer points. That's incredible. As they reference on the the televised broadcast, the next closest streak in the country is Marshall at 10. So what Iowa is doing, and you remember all they played last year were Big Ten games, so they didn't have a chance to, you know, 
beef up that streak with other people. I mean, 23 games, you're going three seasons, four seasons now, you know, parts of four seasons. And so uh, what Phil Parker has done with this defense, uh, the level of defensive coordinator he is, I don't think can be overstated. And the importance he has to this program, obviously, can't be overstated either. 17 points for the Hawkeye defense off of three interceptions in the first half. And Iowa goes into the half up 31-3. to Just got a text from our guy Joe Hugan. Most fun I've had at Kinnick on opening day. Incredible performance. Again, I'm jealous of those of you who are there. That looked, looked incredible. Uh, you know, the offense... Not always great. I thought Spencer Petrus looked better. Uh, early, he looked more comfortable than he did at times in like the third quarter. But didn't look great, but never really had to look great. Looked really good on the, the designed run for the touchdown. That was nice, and it was good to see uh, um, not be injured in that. Did have a couple of injuries late that, that we'll touch on. But uh, for the most part, I thought Spencer Petrus looked good, not great. You know, game manager style and with a, a defense like Iowa has and the potential running game that the Hawkeyes have with Tyler Goodson, uh, Ivory Kelly Martin, and an offensive line that will hopefully just get stronger as the year goes on, right? As these guys gel a little bit, get some experience under themselves as Kyler Schott comes back from injury, uh, the offensive line should just get better. And we've all seen Iowa win a lot of games with a great defense and a great running game and a decent quarterback. And if that's what we had this year, then then I'm okay with that. I think Iowa can, can win a lot of games, can probably win the Big Ten West if that's what they're looking at. Uh, let's go through some individual stats here quickly just on the uh, the box score. Spencer Peters 13-27. You need to get that completion percentage a little higher 145 yards no passing touchdowns no interceptions for him Michael Penix 14 to 31 156 yards and those three interceptions and he was pulled late in the game to keep him healthy as uh Indiana now has to kind of you know reset expectations and and look at what they're facing as I know they got a big game with Cincinnati coming up here in a couple of weeks and then obviously the brutal schedule of the Big Ten East Alex Padilla did come in for a little bit uh Threw one pass, did not complete it, did not look great. I mean, the offense looked bad with him out there, but yeah, that's to be expected. Um, so you know, nothing, nothing too bad to worry about there. Assuming that Spencer Petrus is able to stay healthy. Tyler Goodson, nineteen carries, ninety-nine yards. Okay, he he lost a few. He was over a hundred, and then he lost it on the Wildcat uh, sack. So ninety-nine yards for him. That's too bad that he didn't get to a hundred. Uh, but that's okay. Again, 56 of those yards were on that first drive, that long touchdown run. So, you know, outside of that 18, you take that out, it's 18 carries for 43 yards. Um, you know, not great. Not what you'd like to see. But the good thing is you don't take that away, right? That 56-yard that touchdown run does count. It is stats. Uh, so, you know, all in all, a Good day for Tyler Goodson. Not a great day, but a good day for him. Ivory Kelly Martin had eight carries for 44 yards. Long for him. And Iowa held Indiana to 77 yards rushing. And, you know, even if you take Michael Penix's negative seven yards out of that, 84 yards rushing for a team that felt pretty good about their rushing attack. Now, doesn't have a great offensive line. And that may be part of why you saw Iowa's defensive line, you know, look well, hold their own today. Uh, but, 
Carr didn't do much. 19 carries for 57 yards, and he was by far their their leading rusher. So, um, yeah, Indiana's offense really never got anything going. I mean, Ty Freifogel had five catches for 84 yards, and two of those were big plays. And you have to expect that with with a guy of that caliber. I mean, Freifogel is like a David Bell type receiver. I was worried about him coming in because we've seen what guys like that do to Iowa. And he had two big, long receptions. Those both ended in field goals. So that bend but don't break defense really stepped it up. You can give up big plays in the middle of the field if you stiffen up in the red zone and allow just field goals, especially when you're also <laughs> picking the ball off or you know getting close. I mean, Iowa had six, seven, eight possible interceptions. Had one by Hankins called back after a uh, roughing the passer, a questionable roughing the passer. And so... You know, even though Freifogel had a couple of nice plays, that's okay. You live with that. Uh, he had, again, five receptions for 84 yards. I was leading receiver with Sam Laporta, five catches, 83 yards. Nico Rieni had a couple of nice catches down the stretch, 21 yards for him. Uh, Lachey, one catch, 15 yards. It was a nice play. Tyrone Tracy, a couple of catches. Ty, Ty, Tyler Goodson, a couple of catches. And then Charlie Jones, one catch uh, before he limped off after that final punt return. And uh, hopefully we'll get a good update on him. Didn't see any of the freshman receivers. Didn't see a ball thrown to them. If they were on the field, I didn't catch that. Uh, Arlen Bruce, Keegan Johnson, didn't see those guys, um, which I guess is a bit of a surprise based on how much talk there was about them in the spring and fall camps. But you're against a, a ranked team in a Big Ten game. You kind of you didn't need to throw the ball a lot. That was a big part of why you know I saw a lot of kind of complaining nitpicking about Iowa's offense and I think rightfully so I mean if there's a, a place Iowa needs to improve clearly it's it's offense and it's a passing game um but you you didn't need to do that you didn't need to overextend yourself you didn't need to put yourself in a, a bad position there uh you know you you were in control of that game really from the first few minutes on uh, I did have a couple of fumbles. Uh, Ivory Kelly Martin and Tyler Goodson each put one on the ground. Can't have that, obviously. Um, and Charlie Jones had a couple of nice returns. Caleb Shudak, two for two. Uh, field goal kicking. Tory Taylor, a little disappointing, right? I mean, long kicks, 59-yard long, well over 50, almost all the kicks. But three touchbacks, one of them was close. I mean, one of them was right on the goal line and bounced backwards, but uh, three touchbacks, when you when you expect a guy to be, uh, you know, uh, jokingly a Heisman candidate, but certainly a candidate for punter of the year in the Big Ten again, um, you know, you'd like to see maybe a little more uh, finesse out of him in game one, but it is game one, and again, uh, these are kind of nitpicky things as uh, the Hawkeyes rolled to a big, big, Big Ten ranked win. Look at some of the team stats. Iowa had 18 first downs to Indiana's 11. Uh, four of 12 from third down for the Hawkeyes. Not great, obviously. 300 total yards. Uh, 145 of those passing. 158 rushing. Two penalties for the Hawkeyes for just 20 yards. That's really nice. You like to see that. The two turnovers, obviously, you don't like to see with those two fumbles. Uh, but the penalties really killed Indiana. Seven penalties for 67 yards and some of those at inopportune times. Obviously, the the one Iowa penalty that I referenced earlier erased the Hankins interception. That was a, a key penalty. But uh, Indiana really just kept shooting themselves in the foot. They, they couldn't get much going. 
and when it felt like they did gain any sort of momentum, it was usually stopped uh, by a penalty or a bad play, uh, a lot of false starts, a holding penalty, a offensive pass interference that really cost them a lot. Indiana just not as disciplined as Iowa coming into this game. Uh, didn't look great at really at any point. You wonder how far they'll drop if they'll drop completely out of the rankings. And again, they've got an interesting uh, slate of games coming up here. Um, and, and, you know, so Iowa's offense, some work, wasn't great. It's kind of the one thing you can say, not great. Too many drops. Uh, Pe- Pe- Petrus had a couple of really nice throws that, that were just dropped. Uh, Laporta had a drop. There, there were a couple of their Ritter. Um, so that was that was not great. I, I took a few notes here. Again, nice run for Petrus on that that touchdown run. That's cool. That's good play calling. Uh, I like some of the play calling from Brian Ferentz. The 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 end arounds. You know, the first Wildcat run was was a nice call, and that Petrus design run. Uh, from the uh, nine yard line into the end zone was was cool. They're getting too many drops. The the late injuries are disappointing to see Charlie Jones limp off the field, see Sam Laporta limp off the field again. I I haven't seen the updates on that yet, but I haven't really been paying attention because I started doing this podcast right when the the game ended. So when you're listening to this, you may know uh, how serious or or not serious those injuries are. But uh, you you just wonder why the, the the players were still out there. You wonder why these the starters were still out there. Um, even why Petrus was still out there, out there at that point. It was after that drive that all the starters came out and uh, and Padilla came in, some other guys came in. So that was that's that's worrisome. It's a little questionable. Um, you know, it is what it is. Uh, that's seven straight wins for the Hawkeyes and seven straight Big Ten wins for the Hawkeyes. Obviously, uh, after starting 0-2 last season, winning six in a row in the Big Ten and now winning this seventh in a row. I saw Dave Revson right at the end of the, or right after the game uh, on the Big Ten Network, mention that's four straight wins against ranked teams for the Hawkeyes, and that's the longest streak going back to 1960, is what he said. So that's pretty cool. I saw Scott Docterman uh, put out that Iowa are is uh, I guess coming into today, Iowa was 51 and five when hitting the 100 yard rushing barrier, and just two and 16 when they didn't. Uh, they did get over 100 yards rushing today, so move that to 56 and five uh, with 100 yards rushing. And you just got to feel good. I'm, uh, there, there are nitpicky things, and there are things to work on. And you know, I could throw the cliche of uh, you know, no team improves more than they do between week one and week two. All of that kind of stuff. And- true I, I, I want to see more out of Petrus too I want to see more out of this passing game I would like to have seen Goodson have a little bit bigger of a day than he did after that initial uh, burst of 56 yards but that does, does all feel a little nitpicky when you just beat a ranked team in your season opener by 28 points in just dominating fashion and so th- we'll have time to nitpick some of this stuff later on uh, right now I'm just going to feel good about this win All right, so let's take a look at the Big Ten West standings, the Big Ten standings, because uh, that's a fun place to be right now. Uh, Illinois is 1-0 after their win over Nebraska last week in Week 0. Nebraska, obviously, 0-1 because of that. Iowa is 1-0. Purdue is playing right now against Oregon State. They're scoreless in the first quarter of that game, so we'll see how that goes. But Minnesota, Northwestern, and Wisconsin all took losses over the last couple of days, and that's big. Um, you know, Iowa obviously 
with a leg up now. Uh, those teams, certainly Wisconsin and even Minnesota, really in that, especially in that first half of the Ohio State game. But a lot of people liked Minnesota coming into this year. A lot of people thought PJ Fleck had a really good team and uh, and was poised to maybe be a dark horse uh, to come in and upset Iowa and Wisconsin for that Big Ten West title. And Northwestern is always a threat to do something like that. And obviously, we're one game into the season, and anything could happen. There's a lot of football yet to be played. But uh, for the the level of competition that all of these teams played, to have Iowa be the one team that that took a win uh, coming out of that is really, really good. That's big. That Wisconsin-Penn State game was a good game, and uh, I worry a little bit about games with both of those schools. But uh, you feel pretty good coming out of this game with a, a win. Who knows how good Indiana is? I guess we'll see that. But... I don't think they were super overrated. I don't think it was illegitimate that they had the rating that they had, the ranking that they had. And so, uh, you know, you take this and and feel good about it and hope that they prove to be a decent team and this proves to be a a really good win. And now we turn our attention to the Cyhawk game. And this one is huge and it's going to be important and it's going to be more important than ever for Iowa State who is currently uh, holding on to, and I mean holding on to, a six-point lead over the Northern Iowa Panthers at home in week one. There's about three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter as I, ret- as I record this. I fully expect Iowa State to win this game, to move to 1-0, and to spin uh, that yeah, no, they, they're glad that, that they didn't blow a team out. They're glad they have some things to look at on film and, and improve. And so, uh, but that this is a bad showing for Iowa State. There's no other way to put it. Uh, after all offseason, you know, here in Des Moines, we've heard it for a long time that they were they were not going to have a, another slow start. That's one of Matt Campbell's big things is they've had bad starts under him at Iowa State. They've had bad Septembers. They're yet, they've yet to beat Iowa. I think they've only won one of their Big 12 openers, and they've lost or come close to losing to UNI uh, a couple of times. And so this, I, I, haven't, I haven't watched much of this game, uh, partly because I was watching the Iowa game, partly because they, was, it's not on TV, uh, so I couldn't even flip to it on halftime or anything. I will catch up on it uh, because we talk about Iowa State quite a bit in Des Moines on the radio, so I will go back and watch good chunks of this game, but um, just based on what I've kind of followed on Twitter during our game, during the Hawkeye game, and uh, obviously the score tells you everything you need to know, this is... This is bad news for Iowa State. This is not what this is the opposite of what they wanted uh, to not only see them struggle against a not great UNI team, but then to see Iowa do what it did and look ready, look in midseason form, and look poised to come into Ames and uh, and give Iowa State a real, real challenge. Will Iowa State fall in the rankings here? I don't know. I doubt they'll be out of the top ten, regardless of what happens. Uh, obviously, unless UNI can somehow score a touchdown here in the final three minutes and win this game. If that were to happen, I would say my fall out of the top 25, but I don't think that's going to happen, so we're not even going to entertain that right now. Does this take a little bit of shine out of the Cyhawk week? I don't think so. I think actually it makes us as Hawkeye fans puff our chests a little bit, right? Because we've kind of all stayed a little quiet with this because Iowa State is a good team, is a, is a legitimately good team, and seems like they're legitimately ranked high and legitimately expected to compete for the Big 12 championship. That being said... Uh, and Iowa State just got an interception uh, with three minutes left to probably seal this game as they now have the ball uh, in UNI territory with a six-point lead in the fourth quarter. Um, so 
you know, Iowa fans are now going to feel pretty good about this. And I think Iowa State fans are going to be a little worried. And, and rightfully so. I think if I was an Iowa State fan, I would be worried. Uh, I think anybody who bet Iowa plus six or seven uh, over the last couple of weeks is probably feeling pretty good right now because that line is probably going to drop. As a matter of fact, I'm going to jump on my app right now and, uh, and make sure that I have a little bit of money on the Hawkeyes uh, next Saturday in Ames. We're going to have this game covered, obviously, uh, from all angles. We had Rob Howe, John Bowencamp uh, at the game. They're going to have post-game interviews and videos and pictures and all of that kind of stuff, stories. Rick Brown will be uh, along with that as well. And we got some really fun things coming up, uh, some cool announcements, some familiar faces rejoining the crew uh, as we move into the next week and, and several weeks of podcasting and articles and everything here on Hawkeye Nation. We do appreciate your support, and I appreciate you listening enjoy this one Hawkeye fans man this was a fun day a fun game a great day to be a Hawkeye as always thank you for listening go Hawks